Turn with me to Luke chapter 5. We're going to be looking at a couple of verses, verse 37, 38, 39. Luke chapter 5. Aren't you thankful that love lifted me? Thank you, Kay. The love did lift us, and we've got something to celebrate and be excited about because the love of Jesus lifted us up from the muck and the mire of the clay that we were stuck in, and then he said, come on up. I'm going to lift you up to a new life in, in Jesus Christ, which Jesus is the one who did the lifting. I'm so thankful for that this morning. In Luke chapter 5, you know, every time Jesus would uh, come together, he always was praising the Father and thanking God through the Spirit. Every time when he was praying, he would rely on the Spirit for change. And, and in our lives, and as we look to, to, to Jesus, we see that when he would move, the Spirit was the one moving him. And yes, I confirm that he, God the Father, and the Spirit are one. But he relied on the Spirit for his moving. Even in times of his great, greatest popularity, he knew that only the Spirit could produce lasting change. And today I want to talk about that dirty word in the Southern Baptist Church. It is the word change. C-H-A-N-G-E. Today I want to even confront it head on and just tell you up front, that is what this message is about. Today we see in Jesus' teaching here in Luke chapter 5, if you will look with me to verse 37, you're going to start to glean what we're talking about. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 37 and following. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins and no one after drinking old one desires new for he says the old is good. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you will bless the reading of your word and Lord, I pray that you would anoint my mouth, my voice, my mind, my spirit, that I would convey the word that you have for us to hear this morning. Thank you for revealing yourself to me. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Open our hearts, minds, and souls that we will hear from you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I ask the question, can all things be new? Can all things be new? I say this morning for many, the need to change is a reality that we have got to address. There is certainly a need for renewal. Every year when New Year's comes around, we have a lot of people saying, I know I've got to resolve to do this, to lose weight to quit smoking, to read my Bible more, whatever you have resolved in the past. And you know how we are. As humans, we resolve to make things new again. Every New Year's comes around, we do that. But I ask you this morning, can all things be new? I ask you this morning, is dramatic change possible? 
Some of you are answering, I don't know where the preachers go with this, but I ain't liking it already. Friends, just be patient because I want to share with you where God is showing that he know that, that he is leading his church to change. Now, I want to make sure that all of you realize and know that God's word never changes. God never changes. Never. I stand firm on that. He has been the same yesterday, today, and forever. But here is where we've got to recognize is what his word is saying. Jesus was talking here. He said, you got to quit putting the new wine in the old wine skins. And what he is meaning, oh yeah, this is a Southern Baptist church too. And it's sort of weird talking about wine to you. But we're talking about it because that's the illustration that Jesus Christ himself used. And if you want to back up a verse, and you'll see that he was using another illustration as well, so you can use that one in place if you would so choose. But today I want to ask you, is dramatic change possible? Some people fight against every change just because they say, I'm not going to change, I can't change. For some people, they fight against everything, and they say it's better to know the devil, it's better that the devil, it's better the devil you know than the one you don't. You understand that? It's better the devil you know than the one you know, than you don't. This dramatic change, friends, though, is not a wish. I believe it is absolutely necessary. It is an absolute necessity. The Bible says that people can and must change. You say, what do you mean, preacher? I say, John 3, 3, he said, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That is what the church is about. Preaching, teaching, and telling the world about a Savior who is out there that wants to save people. That is what we have got to be about. People can and must change. An old Chinese general said this, If the world is to be brought to order, then my nation must be changed first. If my nation is to be changed, my hometown must be made over. If my hometown is to be reordered, my family must first be set right. If my family is to be regenerated, I myself must first be. We have got to, every one of us, look in the mirror. Myself, you, all of us, because change has got to occur and it may start small, but it's going to have a big impact. It's got to start with me and my house. And friends, would you bear with me and say say this? Don't limit God. Let's don't limit God. Let's quit limiting God. We serve a great big God who knew an eclipse was going to happen tomorrow. We serve a great big God who's in charge of everything. Let's quit limiting Him. Let's don't limit Him what he can do and let's don't limit what he wants us to do because we're all guilty at one point or another of doing that now what is this parable saying let's understand what's going on to to understand this parable we've got to understand that process of 
fermenting wine in the skins of goats. That's what he's talking about. Now, to give you, to show you what's going on, it would be the goat would be uh, sacrificed, and what they would do, they would take the flesh and the bones, remove that from the inside of the goat. Then the skin was, was tanned over Acadia wood. And then the openings of the goat would all be sewn shut, getting all that skin sewn shut, except the neck of the goat would be the spout. And they would leave that part open. And so after that skin is tanned and sewn shut and everything, then they would take unfermented grape juice and pour down into the, the, the spout, which would be the neck of where that goat was, and then they would sew that neck shut and the fermenting process would begin. Only a new wineskin would have the capacity to stretch in order for that fermentation process to occur. During that fermentation process, uh, the, 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 the new skin would be stretchable and pliable such that if you had an old one, it would be cracked and it would be dry and brittle. And that's when the process would begin. If, if it was placed into an old wine skin, that dry, cracked skin would not hold. You would waste the wine and you would waste the wine skin. Both would be lost. Therefore, making wine is this process. New wine, new wine skins has to happen for successful change to happen. In Matthew 9, which is the other place you can find this same scripture, Matthew 9, 17, Jesus said, Neither is new wine put into old wine skins. If it is, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed, but put new wine into fresh wine skins, and both are preserved. Jesus emphasizes that the change must first occur internally before external changes can be made. Like old wineskins, these Pharisees that Jesus is talking to, they're too rigid in their lifestyle. These Pharisees are too rigid in their traditions. These Pharisees, they couldn't accept Jesus because he, they, they were saying, Jesus, you won't be bound by the rules we've set. We've set all these religious rules and we set all these regulations that the Pharisees had set and Jesus wouldn't be bound by them. So... Hey, they were saying that, that they couldn't come to him. Jesus comes on the scene and he says it's time for new approaches. It is time for new traditions. It's time for new structures. So how do we apply that to us? How do we apply that to the church today? You see, today I believe us Christians have got to be on guard. We as the church today have got to be on guard that we don't allow our hearts to become so rigid, so unable to accept anything new, the new ways and the new approaches, that we become so stale and moldy and unpalatable that even the lost world don't want anything to do with us. The lost world finds us undesirable. It applies particularly to when we are having church meetings and ministries. We get so structured that the Holy Spirit can't move because of our structured selves. He can't manifest Himself. 
Our hearts, friends, we have got to remain pliable. We have got to accept the fact that there are new ways of thinking. There are new ideas and new methods. We've got to be open to new happening out among us. That new wine is the gospel of Christ. We have got to be able to get that new wine and those people coming to Christ. And it's the power of the Spirit. And those new wine skins are those new creations in Christ by being born again. It says, therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. And behold, all things have become new. We must believe in Jesus Christ and must do as he tells us to do. That's the practical and moral teachings of the New Testament. Why am I so resistant to anything new and changing? Because I feel safer when it's been tried and tested. And just doing what I've been doing forever is the way I feel most comfortable. Ecclesiastes 1 says what has been is what will be and what has been done is what will be done and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see this is new, it has been already in the ages before us. You see, according to the scripture we read about the parable Jesus told, new is not necessarily better to us and it's always suspect and one after drinking the new wine in verse 39. After drinking old wine desires new for he says the old is good enough. The old is good. The old is better. Friends, Jesus tells us in this parable. No one puts new wine into, into old wine skins. If he does, the new wine will burst and the skins will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wine skins. The old and the new are not mixing and really they shouldn't. But what Jesus is giving is something totally new. He's saying you've got to quit doing it the way you always done it just because that's the way you done it. That's what the Pharisees were doing. And Jesus comes on the scene offering something fresh and new and exciting. Romans 7, 6, but, but now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, not the old way of the written code. Our world needs Jesus. Our church has always existed because, and the church in general, because the world needs Jesus. If we are going to reach and meet the needs of the lost, those unaware, those searching, if we're going to do that individually, and collectively as a whole, we've got to be open to newness. How many times have you heard the saying, we tried it and it didn't work? I've heard that a lot, hadn't you? I've heard that saying a lot in my lifetime a lot of times. But I believe it's time that we ask this question. When was it tried and why didn't it work? 
Maybe we did it at a different time and it might work now. Maybe we did it and we, uh, how we tried it didn't work. You see, Jesus didn't come to this world to repair the broken down religion of the day. There was plenty of broken down religion when Jesus came on the scene. He showed no concern for preserving or conserving their traditions. The Pharisees were all upset at him. You're wrecking what we've got going on here, Jesus. What are you doing? But he didn't have no concern for what they had been doing. Instead, he was concerned about making people new from the inside out. And that, my friends, is how we apply it to our lives. We've got to say, okay, what have I done or not done that I need to change? And I'm talking to myself first and foremost, number one. We have got to evaluate what I, what we have done and are doing and back up and say, okay, Lord, what do I need to change? We need to say, God, what do you want me to be? What Whom do you want me to be? What do you want me to be? What do you want me to do tomorrow as this eclipse occurs? Who do you want to lead me to talk to? Our security as a believer does not come from tradition or religion for that matter. Friends, I want to confess to you, I like that old time religion just like many of the rest of you. I like that old... It was good enough for sister. It was good enough for brother. It was good enough for me. But I also know for myself, I have got to be open to new methods, new ideas, new ways. We have got to be relevant. We must become adaptive we must be looking to see how we can be the church that God wants to use in this generation. What do we need to do and be and become to be the church that God will use to bring people to himself, to reach the changing needs of our community? We have got to do what we can do to reach these people that are not coming in the doors. I don't want to miss an opportunity to impact my society for Jesus. It might make me a little bit uncomfortable. But isn't it okay for me to be a little bit uncomfortable to reach one that will be in heaven for eternity? I hope you're seeing where I'm going here, church. We need to modify our views. We need to conform more to the motivations and the methods that Jesus used. And for me, I've been putting new wine in old wine skins too long. And Jesus is confirming to me And convicting me and saying, Mark, quit your nonsense. Quit doing that. 
you're, it's just bursting and you're not getting anywhere. So I confess to you and I commit to you that I am open. I'm open to following the direction and the will of God so that I will be able to reach more souls for Jesus Christ. Friends, God wants to use you and me. He wants you to be the vessel that He can use to reach your circle of influence. That means the people that you have that you are able to talk to. But I guess He's asking us, are you willing to be used? Do you desire to be used to Him? To let Him be Lord of your life, Christ above all. Because I was told this week that we need to do better reaching people. And that's part of what I want to share with you tonight. Just to tell you, I agree. What do we need to do? If God has shown you, come tell me. Tell us so that we can all get on the boat together. Today, Lord wants to change us. He wants to change you. He wants to change me. But most importantly today, He wants to change those that have never accepted the free gift of salvation through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. That's what we want to be about this morning. That's what we want to be about right now. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus, if you've never accepted Him as your Lord and your Savior, today is your day of salvation. Today, won't you come, admit you're a sinner, believe that Jesus died on the cross, confess Him as your Lord, turn from your, the wickedness that you've been doing, and turn and face Jesus. Today, friend, as a Christian, you may be here and you, you just see that you need to recommit yourself. Come to this altar. Recommit yourself to Him. I don't have to talk to you, but you're welcome. I would love to talk to you and pray with you if that's what you need and want and God's leading you. But Lord, I just want whatever occurs to be in accordance with His will. So let's pray and ask Him to do that. Father God, we do come to you asking you to have your way in, this, in these next few moments. That this time of response would bring honor and glory to you. And everything we do would, would, would just exemplify King Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, let, if there's anyone here that does not have a relationship with you, that they would come and they would admit, believe, confess. Let me tell them more about the saving power of Jesus. That's what I want to be about, God, telling people about Jesus. And let us just do that this morning, Father. God, bless this time, whatever occurs, in Jesus' name, amen.